Hey guys, this is Rich Bokini. You might remember me as Kevin Owens punching bag on SmackDown. You're listening to the whole Rough and Show, the only podcast that calls it right down the middle. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole Rough and Show. Welcome back. Welcome to the whole reference show. It's episode 47. My name is Darren Beasley. My name is Perry Smith. And dear listeners, thanks for coming aboard, downloading the latest episode of the whole reference show, the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. I heard old Shane O'Mac ripping us off, uh, on Tuesday, calling it, saying that he was going to call it right down the middle, and uh, <laughs> can't have nothing. I don't know if he got that from us, he but did. he did. Okay, well, can't have nothing. I have to back you up, I guess, on this. Good, and say that this is the we, first we time are trailblazers. Everything. Uh, everything we do is the first time it's been done. We're the Portland trailblazers. We are. We're the Clyde, the Glide Drexels <laughs> of. Uh, Drexler? Drexler? Drexler. Yeah, yeah, I get that confused with Drexler Park. I always want to say it's Drexler Park. And you go, no, 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 it's Drexel. Drexel Park. And I go, oh, I'm not thinking of Clyde the Glide Drexler. That's right. Can you name another Portland Trailblazer? I cannot. And actually, I've never known another Portland Trailblazer. I can't think of one either. Uh, I used to at least know what your choices were in NBA Jam. Did Clyde Drexler eventually... Go to Houston? No, he was he was Portland Trailblazer for life. Was he? Maybe he did though. I could have sworn that he it was like a one-two punch. Oh, thing. there are listeners googling right now. Drexler, Darren. I think Drexler played alongside Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon for just a little while in Houston as you know the Rockets. I don't know. If they did, it would have been the late 90s. Yeah, it's supposed to be when I lost interest in basketball. Because <laughs> to me, it got no better. Basketball got no better than late 80s, early 90s. Well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Well, that's because that that's the perfect time in your life for it. No, it's because it was the perfect time in basketball. Fair enough. Ba- back when everyone had like a, like a captain. Like everyone had that one great player. That kind of, you know, kind of led the way. Um, I mean, the Trailblazers, they would say they led the way because they're Trailblazers. Well, but, that's true. Right. But no, every every team had that one great player. So that, that was really, really cool. There wasn't any pushover team. It's like, oh, oh these Nuggets are, are fuck, the, the Kimbe Mutombo. Fuck, he's there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> stuff like that. Just, uh, you know, it's, it, was, it was great. And yes, obviously, for me, it was nostalgic. And I, I loved basketball then. Dream Team was great. Dream Team Two was great. I collected those really fucking. Dream Team. I collected those fucking McDonald's, McDonald's Dream Team cups. cups. I could not find a Dan Marley anywhere, and you had one, and I had to like beg you for your Dan Marley McDonald's <laughs> cup. And you were like, I don't know if I should give that to you. I don't know. You're like really being a dick about it. Uh well, you yeah, know that I, I'm not. That that's not like me at all. I'm surprised to hear I, I ever did such a thing. I proudly displayed my like. I think it was like sixteen Dream Dream. Team team cups yeah. and because mark price was my boy he was a really good white guy oh so i was I like i can relate to that 
I'm white, you see. <laughs> but you're not really good. I'm not really good there. Actually, then then I was pretty good at oh. uh, shooting the ball. I was never athletic, believe it or not, listeners, but I could shoot pretty well. In fact, in the sixth grade on Olympic <laughs> Day, I'll be the first to tell you that I won the free throw shootout. I got a lot of street cred. Watch on that out. One. Did you do it granny style, though? No, I did it legit Mark Price leading Mark the Price way. Mark Price style. Mark Price style, uh, who's not a granny. Uh, however, Grandmama was. Larry Johnson was <laughs> a granny. So even if you said granny style, you're, you're, you're dissing on Larry Johnson. I'm not. I'm this not. became a basketball podcast. It is. Me. Welcome to the whole <laughs> basketball podcast. No, there's podcast. still refs. There's still refs in basketball. The whole reference show. The only basketball there podcast that calls it right down That's right. the middle. If you're the traveling. Only, the only throwback yeah. basketball podcast. Because I definitely. <laughs> we we only discuss late 80s, early 90s, folks. Definitely not going to talk about LeBron James on this show ever. No. In fact, that might be the only time you ever hear that name on this podcast. Yeah. Because it is. The only throwback basketball podcast <laughs> that calls it right down the middle. You know, on a throwback basketball podcast, you know, one that calls it right down the middle. As we commonly do. We would definitely uh, talk about Michael Jordan. We're not going to talk about LeBron James. We're no. talking about Michael Jordan. Right. Air Jordan. And we're talking about Jordans. You're probably talking about... Enzo Amore. Oh. And uh, this is still actually the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. So today we need to talk about Enzo Amore. Uh, we're also going to talk about Scott Dawson. Got some bad news for the revival. Right back on uh, on the Air Jordan thing. <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking for like Michael Jordan to be on, this sounds horrible, on like Death's Door or something like that. Cool. He passes away, so then the headline is Air Jordan... H E I R Jordan talking about who's going to inherit the Michael Jordan uh, fortune. Free headline newspapers, morbid oh. but brilliant. Okay, I'm going to mention that's that. me, Darren. Morbid but brilliant. Is that you? Yeah. Well, macabre. Is that word? We but love that. brilliant. Macabre. We have to get macabre salad. I still want John Larroquette right. On the show. We will get John Larroquette on our wrestling podcast. Oh, man. That's who we need to do. Oh, That's man. who we need to do. <laughs> yes. That's who we need to get to do. Right. The next voiceover. Hey. The next intro that we... I don't know when that will come about. Let me just see if I can get John Larroquette. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Larroquette, can you please record this thing for my podcast? Oh, man. Oh, well... On I need to work show, on my confidence, I clearly do. In addition to talking about Enzo Amore and Scott Dawson, we're going to talk about Rey Mysterio. Mm. Talking about uh, somebody flying through the air. And, uh, oh, okay. I was say. like, were we talking about that before? Air And speaking of people flying through the air, Ho-Ho Loon is leaving on a jet plane. Aww. He is headed back to Hong Kong. We'll talk about it. Also on today's show, we're going to hit you with one of our We Were There segments for a recent NXT live event in Ocala, Florida. We were there. We were there, so we're going to tell you all about it. It's been a while since we had a uh, We Were There segment. 
Um, and NXT's roster for house shows is ever-changing. We're going to keep you up to date with what's going on, who we think should be on the big show, and who we think should stay right where they are. Uh, that's a, that's an excellent point. Yeah. That is a point we've always made when we do these We Were There segments for NXT house shows. And I'm really excited about revisiting uh, that on this podcast. It was such a staple of some of our earlier episodes, and I know that our listeners really took a lot away from being able to kind of, it's kind of a peek behind the curtain because if you're not living in South Georgia or North Florida or, or even South Florida for some of the, some of the circuit, you're or North Floridians that are just really lazy and don't want to leave their house. <laughs> then you are not getting to see these house shows. Uh, you know, because when they do go on tour in the Northeast, uh, Great Lakes area or way on the Pacific coast, you're not getting this. You are not getting this, but uh, we are. And so it's a special treat. And we'll let you know what's going on there. But I guess before we can do all that, we got to start with those headlines. Bad news for the revival. Somebody needs to revive the revival. Or maybe we're just going to see a series of... Of revivals of the revival, which is every time they come back after one of them has been injured. Right. Unfortunately, Scott Dawson goes down with an injury he received at a WWE live event over the weekend. That's right. A ruptured bicep tendon tear, uh, which sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, What's not fun, however, is uh, it's probably going to require surgery. So Dawson might be out for a while, which means the revival is on the shelf for a while. But uh, Dash, man, he can still go. Why not? Why not get Dash out there? Get Dash well, Wilder I mean, out now there. Now that he has mechanic, he's like Trap Jaw from He Man. No, now. he got he got that removed. He's good now. So he's all good, huh? He yes, as far as I know, he is he is all good. I I, I do think that Dash should uh, keep up appearances. Maybe just do some solo wrestling to kind of keep the revival in your heads. And uh, I don't know if, if they can somehow, I don't know if they've really broken the news that Dawson's hurt on uh, TV, but I mean, if he just go get surgery real quick and kind of just be around backstage, maybe come out to the ring with uh, Dash, I, I think they can kind of like sneak it through. Well, because everyone's going to be like, oh, these, these fucking light, lightweights come in, they can't handle the workload, the big boys, you know. Oh, but. they absolutely do. Don't need to disappear again. No, 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 no. Because they were there for such a short time. And now the WWE seems so hell-bent on not acknowledging the NXT call-ups, NXT careers. Whether you were watching or not, there's there's no focus on that. So you just get, here they are. Oh, now they're gone. And then they got sort of introduced into the Enzo cast breakup, but it never became anything. Yeah, it was kind of, of a red herring. Know. Right. Yeah, exactly. But you sh- you still should have played with that a little bit more, right? No, it's, it's uh, and, and, you know, on the subject of NXT call-ups, uh, getting the shaft or, you know, or not, it's, it's, it's difficult because you can't say Nakamura's getting that same treatment. It seemed like they were trying their best... To, to basically, you know, for Nakamura to fail immediately so they can go, all right, just lose someone. Okay, you're gone. Thanks a lot. It, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. We tried. It didn't work out, you know. 
Um, but Nakamura is go is he's too over. You know, they're like, well, shit, he's fucking over. So we got to keep him around. Of course. Uh, then there's Ty Dillinger, which is it's the opposite. I mean, the guy's working the the pre-show, you know, matches consistently, consistently. Uh, SmackDown appearances every now and again. Um, I know there is talk about some NXT people that were called up going back to NXT again. And it's just like, whoa, that's got to be the worst. And Ty Dillinger had about four, like, so longs from NXT. Oh, yeah. I really, really hope Ty Dillinger is not a part of that group. Because they actually did not give him a, a fair shake at all. Um, but there's a lot of people that are around, you know, the Revival. They're they're getting injured. You know, that's, that's not WWE's fault. That looks bad on them. Balor, they gave him the world. They gave him the universal title. <laughs> and he got injured. I mean, so you can't say WWE is against the idea of NXT call-ups. Oh, no, they certainly aren't. I'm just saying a lot of people are saying that. I'm not saying you're one of those people. But to be fair, they are trying with a lot of people. And some people they're not trying with. So it's 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 hard to find some kind of balance. But I just want everyone to get a shot. If it doesn't work, then go, we tried, it didn't work, we'll see you later. We tried, it didn't work, now you're Kurt Angle's son. (laughs) (laughs) That whole thing with Jason Jordan. We've got a new angle for you. It's Kurt Angle. Yes, And he's going to be your father. What's the angle? Oh, you met him. Kurt. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that whole thing, and that's, it's still absurd. And also when he wrestled on Raw against, uh, I forget his name, his last name was like Goulet, just some random quote-unquote jobber. You know, uh, enhancement talent that Kurt Angle found backstage. And he comes out and they're in Canada. And Canada's an extremely smart audience. Um, and they're basically booing Jason Jordan. They're cheering <laughs> this Goulet guy. Um, which I thought was hilarious. Because whenever stuff like that turns on WWE, I love it. But they always refer to Canada as Bizarro World. But it's like, no, these are smart fans. It's just about smart. It's, it's just it's, about being smart to the product. They cheer the things they love. It's it's kind of unanimous. They love the things that they love and hate the things they hate. It's not a mixed bag at all. Man, that makes me long for the days of Bret Hart and that last iteration of the Hart Foundation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Feuding with yeah. DX. Good stuff. Everything that led up to Montreal, the Montreal right. screw job at Survivor Series 1997. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's unrecreatable. Yeah, absolutely. What a great time. But as you were saying. But I, I just wanted to say, like, I mean, the audience literally shouts and tells you what they like and what they don't <laughs> like. Any other company would murder for that kind of input, you know? I mean, you, you You're have, absolutely right. You have search engines on you know computers and whatever telling telling their corporations every word we type in, so they know what to sell to us, what we like, how to do it, and and here the audience is yelling at them, saying this guy, this guy, this guy, and they go, nope, John Cena goes over. You know, it's like, what are you doing? They told you what they wanted. It, well, it's because the fans have truly evolved, and they've now evolved past the business doesn't make them better than the business it doesn't i'm not saying anything of the sort i'm just saying the audience didn't disappear it just simply evolved you need to make sure your product evolves so that they don't end up disappearing yeah i think the big evolution is uh, the idea of good guy bad guy 
because people just cheer for who they want to cheer for. You go, you go to an NXT show and people are still going to cheer who they want to cheer for. I mean, go to any wrestling show. I think one of my favorite examples of it is, and we mentioned it a lot on the show, and we were saying it a lot coming up because we got one coming up, a show coming up for it, Fest Wrestling. Or even the people that technically are the heels, people you shouldn't cheer for, still cheered. Everyone loves everyone, except for, you know, Leon Scott and Awaken, of course. Well, uh, but they, they are love them. They are the heels of Fest Wrestling. I know a guy. There you go. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah. No, we, we talked about it on the show. There was there were one episode we dedicated a very large portion of the discussion to exploring that idea that it was a post-heel and face fandom right that it was that wrestling had almost become like team sports or even individual sports where you simply you have a favorite whether they're the baby face or the heel mm-hmm. much like i guess boxing really right but uh certainly like football or baseball it's more about just simply who you like absolutely or if there's a hometown hero or there's somebody that has some History that you can identify with, but that's a, it's a very different thing. Right. And even Vince McMahon himself said, you know, back in, in what, 97, 98, you know, after, during the aftermath of, uh, of Montreal, you know, um, we think the, we don't want to insult your intelligence anymore, like to, to the audience. Yeah. The idea of good guy, bad guy is passe. And I think that's because McMahon wanted to get, like someone like Austin, who's an anti-hero, who's not really a good guy, he's not really a bad guy. Technically, he's a bad guy. Um, <laughs> you know. Oh, he was definitely a heel. Yeah. I mean, the term tweener definitely got a lot of traction when used in conjunction with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. But tweener was almost like a term grasping at straws to, to explain away his popularity in spite of him being a heel. But he was most definitely a heel. Well, the, the McMahon himself had to become a super heel. Right. So it kind of made sense in his brain why they're cheering Austin. Like, have to cheer Austin, because I'm really a heel. So so it's funny of him to be so dismissive of the whole concept of good guy, bad guy, but him just still adamantly stick to it. Even now, there's always a good guy, there's always a bad guy. You that, know, that's old school wrestling right you don't, there. You don't get that out of you. That out is, of the old old skull, I guess. You really don't. I mean, that is, I mean, that's old school wrestling. Right. That is old school carny, mm-hmm. if you will. Regardless of who is babyface and who is heel, who is being cheered and who is not being cheered, WWE is not going to listen to you. They are not going to listen to us. And they're not going to listen to anyone except Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And I don't know. He's a Kennedy after all. Maybe some of the shareholders. Maybe some of the advertisers. Regardless, they're going to continue to do what they want to do. And uh, yeah, like you said, people may be going back to NXT. All this talk about another superstar shakeup. Is it going to happen right after SummerSlam? Which is now just two weeks away. Are we looking at another superstar shakeup that quickly? That that essentially means like three drafts in one year. I'm gonna I'll make a prediction. All right, when it comes to shakeup, okay. you guys, you guys ready for this? So if it happens, you've right. like you've like fucking Perry called it. If it doesn't happen, just remember like it would have been cool if that happened. Uh, superstar shakeup happens, or maybe even as soon as SummerSlam. I'm looking for an Oscar jump. 
I'm thinking Asuka's going to jump ship to WWE. So, which I think they need it to shake up the women's division on, uh, at least on Raw. SmackDown's doing a great job utilizing the women right now, by the way. People like Carmella, Natalia, Naomi are in the driver's seat. It's, it's great. It really is. Especially considering they've got Charlotte and Becky over there. Yeah. But they're, but they're not forgetting about Charlotte They're just in the back seat right now. Totally fine. But they're still visible. They're but still over. But it's still That's... Sasha and Bailey show uh, on Raw. I, I Even though Alexa Bliss is champion, it's still Sasha and Bailey show. It's like, stop. Yeah. Stop it. Give me Emma. Give me Emma. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you 100% on Emma. Okay. But some folks may be going back to NXT. Like you mentioned, I hope it's not Ty Dillinger. Sounds like it might be Enzo Amore. Whoa. Now that, ooh, that kind of hurts my feelings. Uh, because they've changed the NXT television product now. So much that I don't think Enzo needs to be on that show ever again. Two or five live. If this, well, there you go. If this were the NXT television of two or three years ago, sure, why not? Send Enzo back there. Let him do his thing on NXT because for some reason they refuse to do enough with him on Raw. Can't say they haven't given him an opportunity. Can't say they won't put him on TV. They just won't really do anything with him. And especially now with the breakup from Cass, it's like, well, I guess they never will. But anyway, the reason a lot of people are speculating Enzo is going to be one of those headed back to NXT is because of these repeated incidents where I guess his peers in wrestling are severely frowning upon his behavior. There was the incident where he was kicked off of a bus that was carrying a number of WWE superstars. By Roman Reigns. By Roman Reigns. Then, stories of him being... I don't think he was removed from another bus, but on another bus trip, rumors about him bragging to people outside of the business about the money that he's making with WWE on a, over a phone, and uh, as well as bad-mouthing the business as a whole. That's very disappointing as a fan of Enzo Amore. That's your boy. And as a huge fan of professional wrestling. He said bad things about you, Darren. He did not. He did. He did. No one ever could do that. Hey! I'm the Fonz. What, what, I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, you're the Fonz. I am. I'm the Fonz. But Enzo is really disappointing me. I I was disappointed in the company for the handling of Enzo, but now with all these reports coming out, I'm disappointed in Enzo. There's even a report about him bringing some rather unwelcome guests backstage into the boys' locker room, people taking photos and stuff with their phone, very unprofessional, unwelcome, like totally uncool manner. And uh, it doesn't, that doesn't bode well for Enzo. But if he can at least go to NXT and not get future endeavored, then please. But I don't know, man. It's almost like Enzo's got one foot out the door. I, he apparently is getting involved in music projects outside of wrestling. 
And I, I'd hate to see him go. I'd really hate to see him go. Because like we said before, he's not popping up on ROH. He's not popping up anywhere else. The minute he is not under a contract with the WWE, he will never wrestle again. Wow. Well, I, I thought for sure, based on merchandise sales alone, they'd keep you know, Enzo employed. I mean, Big Cass and Enzo together at all. Considering half the shirts say both their names, you know? right? But uh, so that's that's interesting. But uh, I mean, see what happens with Enzo. But well, Enzo may be on his way out the door, and if he does, that means there's an open door. But Vince McMahon doesn't want Rey Mysterio walking through that door, right? Yeah. Apparently, Rey Mysterio had been in negotiations with WWE and GFW. But Vince McMahon himself has put the kibosh on the 619 coming back to WWE. Vince McMahon apparently does not want to deal with Conan. Because apparently to deal with Rey Mysterio is to deal with Conan. Mm. I don't know if he's exactly his manager, but he is definitely a part of his representation. And Vince McMahon, I don't know why he doesn't like Conan, but apparently he doesn't. So, apparently, we're not going to see Rey Mysterio back in the WWE. And I'm okay with that. Because I'm not a big Rey Mysterio Jr. fan anyway. So True, true. Good wrestler. I, I, I take nothing away from his ability. It's great. I think his music is irritating. <laughs> I don't think he has any personality besides like, yeah, baby, yeah, you know. Um, and, but wouldn't you like to see one quick run through 205 live that, I mean, that actually is interesting. The idea of him with all those cruiserweights, but I, I, uh, Ray, they wouldn't send a 205 live. I I don't think you got Ray Mysterio Jr. You're going to put him on the main show, right? Cause he's got fans. People like Ray Mysterio Jr. Oh, for sure. I'm not one of them, but I understand. But no, when he, when he put it that way, if if he, they could really beef up to a five live. But, I mean, they did it with Neville, you know, and they worked out right, really well for Neville. Right. But something with Ray, and like we've been saying for a while now, put people who are just small, not necessarily, you know, 450, you know, plancha type guys, but just guys who are little, you know, like, like Oni Lorcan or even Ty Dillinger on 205 Live and just have different. Because that's the thing. I don't think we've talked about this, and I, I thought about this recently. Um, why, why have cruiserweights on Raw? Or are you asking me, what are you asking me? Yeah, why would you have cruiserweights on Raw? Well, the idea... Uh, Short answer, please. Uh, it's a good It's a good idea to have cruiserweights on Raw, in why? my opinion. Why? Because it it stratifies the presentation. It, uh, it diversifies Precisely. what you're seeing. So why would you have a show that is all that? Oh, well, okay. Then... Then it's 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 doing it's having the opposite effect on two hundred five live is what I'm saying. Oh, I, if you okay, have a show that saying. is only that, that's the reason they're on Raw to begin with. So the show isn't only that. You know what I mean? You have variety on Raw. You don't have variety on two hundred five live. You basically have, and it hurts to say, even though they're phenomenal matches, you have the same match over and over and over again. Well, that also yes, you're right, okay. and it also is because. They will not refresh the roster. Absolutely. There's Those are some of the most talented guys in the entire world of wrestling. Absolutely. Brian Kendrick, Tony Nese, Drew Gulak, Mustafa Ali. But 
it's the same match. Yeah. And I don't I'm not and that's not even being crit that's not even being critical of the style in any way. It's just simply saying I don't want to watch Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior over and over well, maybe you and don't. over. <laughs> well, there's a very few matches that I truly would never ever mind never ending. Raven and Tommy Dreamer was one of them. Okay. They could have fought every damn week and I'd have been on board. Uh, but that's because it was absolutely up to its eyeballs in drama no. and intrigue. There are about ten you know, pairings that I could watch for eternity. I could watch Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect wrestle forever. You know, I, I could watch... Um, that's it, just those two. No, I go. <laughs> well, but, uh, there's two ways to look at it. Is <laughs> because that one is a great example. Yeah. Purely in terms of wrestling, uh, Raven and Dreamer is kind of both mm-hmm. wrestling and story. And then another example I would provide. <laughs> it's not going to be a good wrestling match, but hell, I could have watched Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And the first iteration of the Crow Sting. Oh, yeah. 90, uh, 96 through early 98. That feud with no match whatsoever. Right. You just watch their feud like a television show that wasn't even pro wrestling. So there are matchups. There are stories that are so involved and intriguing and in just absolutely have you enraptured. Yeah. Uh that they can hold you like that. None of that's happening on 205 Live. No, they don't have the time to develop a story, like really flesh it out. And the matches are very similar. Um, so I mean, it, it does suffer a lot. I think you have to bring new blood in to kind of freshen things up. And and like I said, man, I think I said this like to you, like off off the microphone, which I, I wish we didn't discuss wrestling at all off microphone. It's like, <laughs> we should have said that on the podcast. But... Man, an NXT invasion angle on 205 oh, Live. Oh, man. How cool would that be? Plus, it's brand on brand. And, and and if you watch only 205 Live and not NXT, and you're like, who the fuck are these people? I want to watch NXT now. Sure. If you watch NXT and not 205 Live, and you're like, oh, man, because they can jump back and forth, it'd be great. And and just, and why not? Why not? You know, all, all that talent's all around anyway, so just, just have it happen. Well, here's another question, like, they, they keep bringing the WWE UK guys over. Those poor guys are waiting for their show to start have, filming. Have any of them ever appeared on 205 Live? Uh, potentially? I, I, I don't know. The, probably all of them, except maybe Wolfgang, are probably under 205 pounds. You put every <laughs> Wait a single, single out Wolfgang. Well, no, that's a, I'm singling out Wolfgang, more way. like Elephant Gang is what you just said. That's mean. Yeah, I did. I'm <laughs> I'm fat, gang. fat shaming Wolfgang. <laughs> I would never elephant gang. I just like saying elephant. Yeah, gang. apparently because okay. you, you are because now you're just saying it. Well, which which by the way we we love Wolfgang. We're just kidding around, but it's just again it's just fun to say elephant gang. Go ahead though. I it just I'm in complete agreement when it what it comes down to is. We need to see more talent on 205 Live and more interesting cruiserweight action on Raw. But 
at the same time as we're talking about expanding that roster and doing more with your cruiserweights, they're going to have to do it with one less. Ho-Ho Loom. How will NXT and 205 Live carry on without the young Ho-Ho Loom? Carry on my wayward son. Carry on my wayward ho-ho loom. Carry on my wayward (laughs) ho-ho. There'll be peace when you are back in Hong Kong. Yeah. Ho-ho loon is leaving NXT. Disenchanted by the uh, NXT WWE machine. Could he? Could maybe? Clearly, he is. Well. But the thing about ho-ho is he has his own thing going on. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I I think ho-ho decided... Hey, I'm going to put my organization on the map. I'm going to give it a global audience, which it would not have received otherwise. Not to mention, who wouldn't want to have a run with the WWE? Even if it ends up being not so successful, you're a pro wrestler. Of course you want to work for the WWE. At some point, doing something... So good for Ho Ho Just Loon. to have that on the resume is enough. Like, uh, yeah, his blah, resume blah, blah, is... blah, blah. Well, well, WWE superstar. Right. Yeah, it looks good. Ho Ho Loon will always be a former WWE superstar. Yeah. And that's a huge deal. And they can't take that away from him. So he'll go back to Hong Kong. He will run his wrestling organization. I'm sure he will wrestle in it. And he may be the next Antonio Inoki. Who knows? He might be the first. <laughs> no. I think Antonio Inoki was the first Antonio Inoki. Don't be so sure of that. Isn't it weird that Antonio Inoki had an Italian first name? Yeah, it is kind of weird. There's not a lot of that. There's not a lot of that in Japanese wrestling. There's sort of like, you know, words, like English words, like giant. Mm-hmm. You know, giant Baba. Mm-hmm. You know, Jumbo Saruta. Mm-hmm. And that sort of thing. But you don't have like, you know, Peter Zheng Hao. You know, that's that doesn't happen. But you do have Antonio Inoki. Uh, Peter Zheng Hao, who listens to our show, please uh, please drop us a lot on Twitter. And, At uh, Peter Zheng Hao. Yes. And say, oh, is that right, Darren? <laughs> uh, I, I just always think, I mean, obviously Antonio cannot be his real name. Right. But isn't that weird? You can't not think of Antonio Inoki when you think Japanese wrestling. Watch me. Hashtag Puroresu. Well, that's going to do it for our headlines. We're going to now take you to Ocala, Florida. They race horses. John Travolta flies planes. Isn't that weird? John Travolta lives in Ocala, Florida. You mentioned that too. It was like... We can go see John Travolta right now. You want to go see John Travolta? You want to go see horse racing? You want to go get discounted tickets to Disney World? You know which house is John Travolta's house? Um, the house with his plane parked in front. Oh, well, that, That's what they say in Ocala. Also where my uh, grandparents live, and I never see them, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did go to Ocala without you so much as even mentioning your grandparents. Yeah, I forget they're there. Um... It's uh, it's a long story. But anyway, uh, folks, we are indeed going to take you to Ocala for some NXT live action because Darren and I, we were there.
Oh, folks. It was a balmy day in Ocala, Florida on August 4th, 2017 for NXT Live at the Hilton. Whew. Inside of a tent next door to the actual Hilton itself. It was so sweaty. It was real sweaty-like. I felt bad for the performers and the referees who had to move around in that. Um, and just sitting still and I'm just like sweating and it's like, <laughs> I want to die. I think that this tent outside of the Hilton is a social experiment. At this point, I really do believe NXT is working alongside some university researchers who are conducting a social experiment because we have now, well, we've been probably four, four or five times so Cala to see NXT Three times there has been extreme weather. Yeah, yeah. The first time I ever went, which I believe was probably the second time you went to Ocala, oh. it was so cold. It was incredibly cold. It was freezing, yeah. Then another time, it flooded. Yeah. And I don't mean flooded. Uh, it's sort of a southern colloquialism to say... That if it's raining hard, it's flooding, as if the sky is flooding upon us. But no, it was doing that, but it was also literally flooding. Yeah, it flooded so badly that the water came in through the, the floor and actually got some of the electrical equipment, uh, the cables, wet uh, enough for there to be a power outage. Right when they came out to start the show, we're like, NXT, are you... And I was just like, ha, ah, and everyone started laughing. For those of you who have been listening for a long time, you remember us telling that story once yeah, upon a time. Yeah, yeah. But on this night, it was stage three of the social experiment. <laughs> How hot and humid can it become in an enclosed plastic tent full of lights, equipment, and a whole lot of bodies. A lot of meat. In late summer yeah. in central Florida where there is no ocean breeze. I'll take the freezing cold or the pouring rain over that any day of the week. Me too. So yeah, it wasn't uh, great circumstances. Uh, heat is probably the worst enemy of wrestling. Because uh, your, your fans are unhappy. They're not going to cheer. They're not going to react the way you want because they just want to die. And they didn't want the show to be over. They don't care who's in the car. They want the show to end. Yeah, I kind of just wanted to go strip off my clothes and jump in the swimming pool at the hotel. <laughs> they did eventually, uh, they, they lifted some of the tent wall, revealing some uh, some outside air. A little bit of breeze came through. It, thank, got, it, it got better. Yeah, thank the stars for that. But that wasn't until about halfway through. However, uh, really good card. Really interesting card. Uh, in fact, the very first match, right off the gate, Roddy Strong, Roderick Strong. Right uh, out the gate like the horses yeah. that race in Ocala. Yes, exactly. That's that's what I was talking about. Um, so yeah, very interesting to see Roderick Strong because we're also we're sitting next to the curtain and it's still daylight. It's still daylight until late. Uh, so we can see basically everyone backstage walking around. And we see Roderick Strong who's like, you know, doing his routine, you know, kind of. Yeah, he's flexing his biceps. Flexing the biceps, cord. does that, maybe some push-ups maybe. And it's like, what are you doing, Roddy? You know you're the main event. And then he comes out first, and it was like, well, shit, Roddy had somewhere to go, I guess. NXT has 
definitely conditioned the two of us yeah. to expect <laughs> Roddy Strong to be in the main event. Maybe that's another uh, project they're they're doing. Maybe it's like the Manchurian Candidate. See, I've never seen it before, so I don't know if I got that right. You didn't. Okay. Um, but he takes on Fabian Eichner. Yes, he did. Fabian Eichner. We mentioned him, I think, uh, did we, did we cover Fabian Eichner? 30 years ago. Yeah. Well, I know, well, I know we totally did 30 years ago when we talked about the Cruiserweight Classic. You guys remember that 30 years ago. Almost golly, almost a year ago. Almost golly. Yeah, almost the, the great, great golly. golly. Oh, <laughs> we know each other too well. I'm not a fan of Fabian Eichner. Wow. I didn't, I didn't like him in the Cruiserweight Classic. Woo. I didn't like him when we saw him at NXT Gainesville. Spitting venom. He can wrestle, but he does, he's not exceptionally good. Are we talking about Rey Mysterio Jr. or uh, Fabian Eichner here? We're talking about Fabian Eichner. Well, that's that's what I said about Rey Mysterio. You may I know, but... So, it, so, I know that you understand why I don't like Rey Mysterio, and you see now why I understand that you don't like Fabian Eichner. There you go. So, I get it. I'm indifferent, you know? He has to kind of get me to the point of liking him more. And maybe he will. Okay. Well, that's and that's fine. And I'm, I'm open to it, man. I'm fair. I'm fair. I call it down the middle. I'm like some people around here. Um, but not, uh, not necessarily I have no idea you, what you mean. Not necessarily you, Darren. Just Is there some somebody people, else around here? The interns we have are around here. Some don't call it down the middle. Um, well, then they have no place on this podcast. <laughs> That's why they fetch our non-existent coffee No course. time for love, Dr. Jones. <laughs> no time for not calling down the middle, Dr. Jones. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a good match. Because, I mean, like you said, Fabian can wrestle. We know Roddy Strong can wrestle. And it's a good match, but they're, oh man, the heat. They're both just, just so sweating it up there. Um, but, <laughs> yes, uh, but no, it, it is a it is a, a legit good match, and I didn't really, I mean, I'd forgotten that Fabian Eichner was even in CWC, because that's how long ago it was. 30 years, I believe we said. Um, but uh, no, just just decent match, really great opener, and kind of really gets the whole show going on a high note, because Ronnie Strong's involved. And he does go over on Fabian Eichner. And uh, justice is served because I don't think the people were too uh, too behind old Fabian. I think he got like uh, maybe someone said something like Goldberg to him because he is like uh, he yeah. is like a you know shaved head uh, guy with you know just muscly dude with black trunks, black boots. Um, so I mean, anyone who looks like that, it's like oh, you're just trying to be Steve Austin or Goldberg or you know whatever. So it's gonna happen. Yeah, and, and that's that's not fair. I, I don't like comparing people. Whenever we do it on our show, it's basically it's literally just to paint the picture for the audience at home who doesn't know exactly what these people look like. But yeah, at at, at the very least, uh, it's just painting a picture, and at the very most, it's flattery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we sometimes we say it because. We're trying to get across the fact that this person is exceptional. Uh, exceptional in such a way that they remind us of somebody from the past who was particularly good. Right. Or famous or revolutionary or groundbreaking. Right, right. But not always. In this case, again, not a fan of Fabian here. No, I, and then here's the thing. As as a non-fan of Fabian uh, Eichner, I was further disappointed after the whole card plays out. Because we did not get to see Axel Dieter Jr., a, oh, a.k.a. Yeah, yeah. Marcel Barthel. Uh, despite the fact that earlier that day on his Instagram, 
Barthel pointed out that he was on his way to hashtag NXT Ocala. Yeah. And so this would have been the perfect match. That, that Barthel happens. and Roddy Strong? Yeah. Come on. So we've noticed, we've seen, you know, we see two or three house shows a month and, and people say like, I'll be in action tonight at Ocala or Jacksonville or Gainesville. And they're not on the card. Because I guess everyone, because it, it's all hands on deck. When we even get there, by the way, we're at the Hilton uh, bar area kind of waiting around and everyone. Everyone. They're doing construction over near the ballroom where the wrestlers typically dress out. And I guess the wrestlers are kind of displaced before the show. So there's like seven fucking wrestlers just sitting in the hallway outside the ballroom just talking. Some of the girls are doing like some other girl's hair or something like that. And they're yeah. all just hanging out. So we just kind of walk by like, okay, pretend we don't know who these people are. Pretend we're there. <laughs> you know, we go sit in the bar Don't area. be marks. Don't be marks. I go and like take a leak and like uh, Wesley Blake comes in right behind me and he's there for a long time. Um, <laughs> Tina Sapatelli's walking around uh, Aaliyah and Liv Morgan both who are there and did not wrestle are just walking around complaining about stuff um, and it's it's yeah I mean it's all these people just walking around and it's, just, it's funny because come on they, they, they know right and they, they have to recognize some of us they have to recognize your fucking mustache by now <laughs> I, I swear to god they're probably by now going like hey mustache guy you know what I mean? Because you got the curly mustache. Don't say you don't. I don't. I'm not saying that I don't. I was hoping you'd say you didn't. No, I have one. Okay. I have it. I have the one. You have the one. The one true mustache. Well, all I ever needed was the one. Indeed. There you go. Um, so, it's so yeah. Um, I don't know why. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, wrestlers who are just there but don't actually wrestle. You can do an entire other show. With the wrestlers who are just there, who do not actually wrestle yep. on the on the card. Also, the Ely Twins, we saw them. They, they were, were there. Modern, they were absolutely there, yeah. Um, but that being said, a lot of people were on this card, and a lot of women wrestled, which is very cool. This was a cool card for a lot of reasons, and that was a big reason. Yeah, because the next people that came out, the uh, the iconic duo of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, who we have not seen at a house show for a while. In or, fact, the last time we saw them was probably at Ocala, quite, like so so many months ago. I think you may be right. You got a photo I with did. the iconic duo. I did. Yeah, um, we haven't seen them on the house show circuit or on NXT TV. It's been very disappointing. Yeah, you know, I because they were a big storyline for a long time, but ever since Ember Moon did the eclipse on Billy Kay, uh, yeah, and we yeah. never could quite figure out. If that was a work or a shoot. No, I think it was a, a real deal. <laughs> but, like, ever since then, nope. Very little to zero iconic duo. And that's too bad. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. I, I'm a big fan as well of what they're doing. Uh, the cool thing, though, is we get to see someone who competed in the Mae Young Classic, uh, Dakota Kai, makes, uh, I don't want to say her debut, makes her debut in my eyes. Um, you know, it's the first time I've seen her in action at a house show. Same for me. Uh, so very cool to see her. I've been, I've been hearing about her, seeing her on social media, kind of wanting to know what she's all about. Um, but she comes out with someone who we're familiar with, Sarah Logan. Uh, you know, Logan for now, until they change her name again. Um, Sarah Logan, who is great, uh, formerly Crazy Mary Dobson. And, uh, yeah, really great match with these wrestlers here. Um, just great heel stuff of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. They're so great at being like bitchy and. Oh man, I leaned over to you at one point to remark about how Peyton Royce has like that Kevin Owens level 
of awareness. That's true. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. she's talking shit all the time in real time. And and the, she's and whether anybody's paying attention to it or not, she's truly in the moment. She is healing it up in real time. Yeah, absolutely. Hashtag if wrestling were real. Yeah. Uh, hashtag healing it up in real time. Is right. That, is that the new one? I like it. I like it. Yeah, not so much like I'll have to remember to say this during the match or do this during the match, but like as things are happening, she's reacting to it, you know. In character. In character. And that's a great thing. And it's it's good stuff. Um Dakota Kai and Sarah Logan are just kind of like the the I'd say the working man, the working woman's wrestler, you know. Uh, they're just like, You're here to win the match, and we're not gonna take your shit, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Uh, they did great. Dakota Kai impressed me. I thought she looked great out there. She um, really did. Sarah Logan's a great wrestler anyway, and uh, you know Billy Kay and Peyton Royce are doing good stuff. And Sarah Logan, with this new look, which is a great departure from Crazy Mary Dobson, with this sort of like, you know, we were saying farm girl or like girl next door for a while, and th- there's an, still an element of that for, for sure, but now it's almost like this Appalachian something or other, like this backwoods... You know, this backwoods tough gal. Yeah. And, uh... A girl you'd meet at, like, a, a, a bayou swamp <laughs> bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I like that. But what I really also like is that her her face... You know, it's not like Peyton Royce levels of interaction and of being in the moment. But the the absolute, like, super genuine smile on her face is such a gift that she has, a baby face gift that will get her over. I just wish she would work it even harder. Right. Interesting. Hmm. Um, But yeah, it is a decent match. However, the heels, they do go over on the uh, the faces here. So Dakota Kai and Sarah Logan take a loss here. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce get that uh, WIN. And that's kind of weird on a house show, right? Uh, in, yeah. in a main event, yeah. <laughs> well, definitely in a main event. Definitely in a main event, yeah. I don't think I've seen the heels win a main event yet. Especially this kind of heel. Like We're going to see some action later with Lars Sullivan. Much like the action that we did not report when we attended an NXT Jacksonville show, which Lars Sullivan was amazing. That kind of monster heel... That will occasionally get over or go over, if you will, on a house show. But this, like, it doesn't get more chicken shit heel right. than Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. But it's also it's also still pay your dues. Yeah, yeah, pay your dues, Sarah Logan and Dakota. Yeah, Kai. I guess so. So I, I totally get that. Fucking Alexander Wolf beat Cassius Ono fairly in a match That's at a true. Gainesville house show not too long ago. That's true. So it, that, that, a... that's still pay your dues. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I have no problem with heels going over. It's just surprising. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That was surprising when that happened. It's refreshing. But I wasn't too surprised when this happened. Um, but uh, <laughs> there, there you go. Um, <laughs> this leads into the third match of the night with uh, a newcomer, someone who's fairly new, uh, Demetrius Bronson. Well, I mean, I say new. It's he's been wrestling for a little while. He was on security door security for a long time, well, way long time, way long time. But and he, I think he was kind of lost in like, what do I wear to the ring? Because he wore those like bright, bright highlighter yellow uh, pants 
Um, which he still kind of has that, but it's it's now more. Uh, I believe you said zoot suity. Is that correct? Uh, I did a little little zoot suity, but like he a zoot suit riot. But so his so his gimmick is a bit more flushed out. His his I don't say costume, his gear, I guess, a bit more flushed out. He's got those pants and he's got like a open. You're the guy who describes wardrobe. I know. I'm listening. What did he I have? I want you to know. Turn me on, baby. I'm not trying to get you, and I don't really remember like you remember. There's just like a white buttoned-up jacket, right? Just open, or was it? No, he had no jacket at all. It okay. was just see, a, I'm bad at this. Yeah, just the he white was wearing ribs, penguin suit, and, and uh, uh, it was sort of like he probably started in a full zoot suit. Right. It was like I can't do this, and he even commented on the heat. That was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was saying that we needed to believe that we were cool. Tell ourselves we were cool and we would become cool. He was he was good. As far as newcomers grabbing the microphone and kind of going, he seemed very relaxed. The guy's got some charisma. But here's where he messed up, Darren. Uh-oh. His, his little saying, or his thing. <laughs> his thing. Now is, I know why you laughed before yes. you even brought it's okay. it's kind of kind of like oh yeah right he says that and trying yeah. to get people to say it with him it's like okay well he's got the audience saying oh yeah with him and then <laughs> baba tunde comes out <laughs> baba tunde uh who you've you've heard us talk about before big guy seven footer oh absolutely seven footer at least you um, know last time we were in nxt ocala Baba Tunde was there, and he was a squeaky clean, oh yeah, white meat baby face. That did not last, and I love his attire. It's it, it kind of it, it's kind of a, a somewhat of a throwback to like uh, coming to America, Zamunda wear, and I like that it's that, and it's not over the top. It's it's kind of like right where it needs to be, and he's great. I I, I think he's going to do some really cool stuff. He's going to call it up really fast. I just know he will. I hope so. But actually. Baba Tunic comes out and basically puts the screws to old Demetrius here, uh, and in which case his catchphrase is turning on him because the audience is is just randomly saying "Oh yeah!" <laughs> He's getting beaten up, um, which is hilarious to to hear and to see the whole thing happen. And I turn to Darren and I say, "How long is it going to take for someone to say oh no?'" And like a minute later, "Oh no!" <laughs> uh, there it is. Um, so then, so basically, uh, Demetrius Bronson gets pummeled by Babatunde, uh, which, I mean, it's actually a pretty good match. It, I remember watching the match going like, this is actually a good match. For it being two relatively new people, for Babatunde being obviously the much bigger man here, this is actually pretty enjoyable. Um, it's not easy having a, a little guy, big guy squash kind of match. Um, but these guys actually had a pretty good match, so hats off to both of them for sure. Well, for sure, because... In addition to that, you don't imagine that it's going to be any kind of match. Right. Because of the setup. The fact that we're getting Demetrius Bronson sort of addressing the crowd. It's not like he came out for a match and then grabbed the microphone. It's he came out to talk on the microphone. Yeah. And then it turned into a match or a fight or something. I, th- I, th- I believe he called out like anyone in the locker room kind of a thing, if I recall correctly. Like he said, like, I, I can, like, with. I don't remember what he said exactly, but because I actually turned to you and said he's gonna get he's gonna get Baba Tunde, right. and sure enough, he got Baba Tunde. So I think he was kind of asking for a challenge, and he got the ultimate challenge, uh, not the ultimate warrior. No, I would be he'd be hard pressed to get that opponent. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Baba Tunde is victorious here. 
Um, but I'm interested to see where Demetrius uh, goes because uh, he's got some charisma. He got his little gimmick over on this night rapidly. All right, but it's not the last time we would hear "Oh yeah" all night, <laughs> as we heard it just randomly all night. Oh no! So he might need to change that aspect of the gimmick. Well, not only that, but the zoot suit pants, the playing along, it's a little too No Way Jose. It's a little No Way Jose meets, like, Coco Beware. The, oh, yeah! yeah. I can see that. So it's, it's Even some of the body language, too. Yeah, absolutely. So it's he needs to kind of watch that, I guess. Um, following that, we had some uh, ladies' action. Uh, always down for some ladies' action. Uh, we're Mandy Rose. <laughs> Makes it sound like I'm a pervert. Um, I, I mean wrestling. I do mean wrestling, folks. Uh, Mandy Rose comes out. And that music that is just fucking perfect for Mandy Rose. It's basically pour some sugar on me, right? Basically pour some sugar on me, but total bitchy oh, hot girl. It works so well. If if I ever like, you know, because all the wrestlers use the restrooms that everyone uses. If I ever like walked past Mandy Rose and she said like excuse me or something like that, I'd be like, no, be mean to me, be yes. mean to me. Uh, she takes on Lacey Evans. Now here's a very interesting thing that happens with Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans, her music hits. Nice to see Lacey Evans. We haven't seen her at a house show in a while. Uh, she walks past the front row. Guy in the front row, for whatever reason, has like like money in his hand. Like like a maybe a five dollar bill or something like that. And like waves it in front of Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans doesn't know how to react to this. She's kind of like, huh? Like, huh? That's, <laughs> that's nice. Money's nice or whatever. And she goes to reach for it, and the guy, like, pulls back. So it's just, like, a really awkward exchange. She should have paid him no mind yeah, from the she beginning. she should have kept walking, but I think she she didn't want to... She didn't want to ignore it because it was happening to her. But I think later she may have thought it was almost like the guy, like, basically... Like she's a stripper. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that, and that's unfortunate. That's horrible. And, and the thing is, I don't think the guy really even meant it that way. And I think you might be right, but then what the hell did but he But how mean? do you not mean it that way? Exactly. How do you not realize it can be taken that way? So that happened, it was kind of like, that's really weird. And that guy was irritating anyway. Yeah, it was. He was actually pretty irritating throughout the show. It looked like the, the evil pharmacist from the upcoming It adaptation. <laughs> I hope this guy's a listener to the show. Um, anyway. Hey, you actor. You look like a horrible person. He does. Great match with Mandy Rose and Lacey Evans. Both of these ladies are... I think they're both ready for the main uh, roster. What do you think, Darren? That is a tough question. Yeah? I... Yes, I do. They are ready for prime time. They are ready for prime time players. The opposite of Saturday Night Live. They... Both could probably do it. Those women's rosters are too big on Raw and SmackDown. They're too big right now. So I don't want them. Are they ready? Yes. Are they prepared? Could they pull it off? I think they could. But I'm going to say no because more of a no, I don't want them there than a, than a no, they, they're not ready. Right. But it kind of is one and the same anymore. So... It's unfortunate. No, I'd I, love I to totally see both agree. of them. They're both unique characters. They would be unique amongst that women's roster. Yeah. No, I agree with you completely. I mean, it's 
We've talked about the oversaturation of talent on WWE in general. They just have more people they know what to do with. I think for them, it's more important that they have the people available and they're not on other shows making them money, you know, or to say like, well, look who we have on the roster that right. actually being able to utilize the talent properly and everything. And I mean, that's unfortunate, but I mean, there's only so many hours of television, you know, that the WWE has. I mean, they can make plenty more, but still, that's neither here nor there. Um, but no, oh, they're, no, they're canceling shows. No, they're doing the opposite of what they're supposed to be doing. Super stellar match between uh, Mandy Rose and Lacey Evans. The women really doing some great work. Um, both these women are they're, they're really they're doing so much better than they were doing months and months ago when we first started seeing them show up on house shows. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of them. Um, Lacey Evans goes over clean on Mandy Rose, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, I thought for sure Mandy Rose would get the victory, but I guess because Lacey Evans is really involved in the uh, the training process, like she's like I think kind of one of the people that kind of motivates people backstage, or it's all something on WWE.com about that. But um, so I, I think they do like her a lot. That that girl is fit, man. Oh man, it's incredible. Did you say you watched like a a, a workout video with her or something like that? A yeah, I think clip? it was actually someone else's Instagram okay. story, but it showed. Lacey Evans, a.k.a. Macy Estrella. Yeah. Doing a really insane... I guess it's tantamount to an ab workout, but really it's working every muscle in the body. Right. It's like she's holding two different posts. Um, and so you're kind of... Your initial, uh, I guess, exercise is to pull yourself up, like a pull-up. Right. But she's lifting her knee, like keeping her legs together, lifting her knees up to her chest, then back down, while swiveling at the shoulders and at the waist, that is, while going up and down. Right. Not touching the floor in between, and and not, barely even sweating. That's insane. That well, is an incredible. Former Marine, right? I mean, yes, she's formerly in she the is. armed forces, and... That might be something she picked up. I'm sure, a lot of the wrestlers there are like, "Teach me that move," uh, because she's she might be like the most legit strong woman on the roster. I, I think that's pretty. That's all but safe to say. Um, but yeah, like I said, good match. And on the way out, Lacey, after she wins, walks by that same fan with the money. <laughs> yes, she. He's did. got the money out again. This time, he wants to give it to her because she did a good job. I guess she takes the money from the guy, walks away. And gives it to a little boy in the audience, and then she leaves. And I was like, yes! Yes! So that guy lost. double win. That guy lost, and she didn't keep it. So, hey, man, she she held true to herself. So, good on you, Lacey Evans, for dealing with that situation. Good on you for dealing with Mandy Rose. And, uh, and also good on you, I saw Sasha Banks actually posted a picture of Lacey Evans on her own Instagram. And said, currently obsessed with this girl. Wow. So that bodes very well. That the boss. For, yes. The boss saying that. If the boss likes you. If the boss. Then you're you're all good. After that, heavy machinery. They make their way to the ring. And they call out someone that typically gets called out when you're in Ocala, Florida. NXT. The Dory Funk Jr. Dory Funk Jr. is in the house, as he typically is. Bullwhip in hand. Former NWA World Champion. WWE Hall of Famer. That's right. Terry Funk's brother. That's right. And son of Dory Funk 
Senior. That's right. The legendary Funks from Texas. Dory Funk. And it's just so funny to me. All these Texas guys, the Funks, the Rhodes, and all of them, none of them live in Texas. <laughs> They're all legitimately from Texas. Right, right. But they all have been gone for so, so long. Yeah. They're all like, oh, I'm going to move to Florida. I'm just going to go ahead and go to Georgia. I'm going to live in Central Florida for 40 years, but I'm going to put tattoos of Texas all over my body. Hey, man. It's all the gimmick. Do you think, hey, do you think, you think Mark Calloway is actually from from Death Valley, yes, Death Valley. I do believe that because it's the truth. Well, that's because he is. That was a right. Question. Okay, good, good, wonderful. We, are, we call it right down the middle here. Ted Machinery calls out Dory Funk Jr. and he's just happy to be there, and everyone's happy to see Dory Funk Jr. However, see him crack his whip, crack his whip. Not everyone's happy to see him though, because POS, the prisoners of society, come out. That is Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler. Uh, they're not too happy with uh, the Funker. Because uh, he's talking about, you know, the, the people that have trained at his school. Wesley Blake was one of them. Wesley Blake feels that he has surpassed Dory Funk Jr., his teacher, in every way. And that he himself is a living legend. <laughs> Which Amazing. Is hilarious. Amazing. Which is great. Um, so we have ourselves an impromptu match. Uh, uh, non-scheduled, but scheduled match. Heavy Machinery takes on the Prisoners of Society. And uh, it's good stuff. Heavy machinery is always gonna. It's always gonna be a fun match because they they're they, fun. They yell, you know, loud fun things. I think the audience is starting to kind of uh, warm up a little bit, or rather, I guess, cool down because it's starting to get cooler in the tent. So the audience is getting <laughs> a bit happier, and I get they're getting more active, more into it. Because in the beginning, it was rough. It was like, uh, oh, it was awful. Yeah, it was bad. Like uh, I said, I wanted to strip my clothes off and go jump in the pool. <laughs> Uh, I do like what Prisoner Society you're doing. Wesley Blake is a great heel. Uh, Cutler is a really good heel, too. Um, I know the very beginning, you know, to call back to old uh, house shows, old We Were Theirs, um, we would, didn't necessarily have good things to say about Cutler because he was kind of lost, didn't really know what they were doing with him. Uh, but I like I like him with Wesley Blake. I think they work pretty well together. Uh, they both have something to do now. I, I like Blake. I'm glad he's with the tag team partner. He kind of needs it. Um, so I'd still take Blake and Murphy any day, but right, but it's all right with with Murphy going. I absolutely will not be in a tag team, and that's why he's still in NXT. Um, <laughs> well, he's the best kept secret. Yeah, that you know, no one will ever know. There's a secret to be kept. Um, because Aww. he's staying on NXT. Wesley, I think knows. he's great. Do he's you? a great wrestler, and uh, it's just you know. Uh, so anyway, Heavy Machinery, they go over on the Prisoner Society and they defend the honor of Dory Funk Jr. Someone had to do it, right? And I guess they, they drew the straws and they were like, all right, you guys are defending Dory Funk Jr. on this locality show. Well, as long as Wesley Blake is in NXT and a heel, he's going to come out and do that bit because he was a student of Dory Funk's. Right, I love it. That's oh, great. it's yeah. great. Uh, it's funny, though, because we also know that Steve Culler was a student of the Blue Meanie. Ah, yes, yes. Which uh, you learned firsthand. Monster, Monster Factory. Out of his, out of the mouth, out of the mouth of Meanies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gainesville, uh, Florida show, indeed. Um, after that, brief intermission. Everyone gets to cool down a little bit. Step out of that 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 hut, that warm hut of hot. Um, and we come back with some action. One of Darren's favorite wrestlers in NXT today. 
No way, Jose. Come on. No way, Jose. And this is funny because it's two people that I know you're not fond of, and they wrestle each other. And I say, oh, Darren, rock in a hard place. you got to choose one. <gasps> Why does the universe do this to me? Because No Way Jose takes on Kona Reeves. Kona Reeves with a change of music and a bit of a change of wardrobe, bit of a change of attitude, and he's got himself a bodyguard and a, a very tall Asian... A uh, man with the uh, frosted blonde hair. Uh, that... And boy, it's like a Mo Howard haircut. Yeah. But platinum blonde. Yeah, Gugong Ming. Um, so that's cool seeing some of the uh, some of the Asian talent that's been around for a good while working security. Now they're actually showing up on the house shows. Yeah. It's like, you guys are getting there. It's all part of the machine. It's all part of the process. Um, so he's a bodyguard of Kona Reeves, and that kind of adds to Kona Reeves. And like I said... Those little tweaks in Kona Reeves made Kona Reeves a lot, like, instantly a lot better than he was. Instantly. Because he's, he's not a bad wrestler, and, and he's, he's, got the, he's got the mentality, you know, he, he, knows, he knows wrestling, he understands wrestling. Um, so, seeing those little tweaks in wardrobe, drop the whole Hawaiian thing, they're going to compare you to Rocky Maivia, it's just going to happen. Um, the only thing is his hair, he needs to cut the hair, because he had, like, a black, like, like hairband. <laughs> And his hair is like a like short long. It's kind of weird. So it's like you got to figure that out right now. That doesn't look good. Uh, but yeah, those little tweaks there that, that works out really well. Of course, the fan favorite being No Way Jose. Uh, and people are always going to be on board with No Way Jose. I'm waiting for the fans to turn on Jose. I love Jose. I think he's the best wrestler in wrestling today. Yeah, I don't know. I don't mean that. Um, I hope you don't mean that. I, I don't mean that. I mean that because Darren doesn't like No Way Jose so much. What? Why? Are I'm I not going to ask you why. No, because I don't. I don't need. A, we don't need a long explanation of why I don't like No Way Jose. Um. Anyway, No Way Jose, in spite of uh, Conor Reeves' rather large uh, new bodyguard, um, uh, No Way Jose still goes over on Conor Reeves. So No Way Jose, that with the fans behind him, with Darren secretly behind him, uh, he's he manages to pull out the the victory. That really bothers you, huh? Um, it really does. Well, I hope. I hope No Way Jose's victory over Kona Reeves, your beloved Kona Reeves, because you, you're anti-No Way Jose, that must mean you are pro-Kona Reeves, didn't bother you too much, Darren Bees. Yeah, well, it does. Okay. I I will never be, well, I don't know. If, I may one day be pro-Kona Reeves. <laughs> the, this transition is, is a good thing for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's, it's definitely taking steps in the right direction. And having a gigantic blonde Chinese bodyguard yeah. or, like, pal, like, running buddy or whatever, it really works. Yeah, I think it, it, it it's helps a, both of them. Yeah, it's a totally different look. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not typical. It's a Hawaiian guy and a Chinese guy. It's pretty cool. It's, it's really sounds not like a, a bad it sounds look. like a horrible joke that... Keaton would tell <laughs> on like an early WrestleMania or but something like somehow, that. But somehow, it's not that. It's, it's a real, not it's that. a real thing. Uh, some more uh, Asian talent, uh, particularly uh, I guess Chinese. I, I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, Big Boa on this Chinese? next match. Yes, Chinese Big Boa. You're right. Part of that large class uh, oh, at NXT. I think they signed nine Chinese wrestlers. Yeah, man. They signed Tian Bing. Or Tian Bing, I've heard it pronounced both ways now. Uh, neither are his real name, so I don't. You know, we don't have to worry about offending him. It's just, what are they eventually going to call him? Right. 
But after they signed him, he was the first ever Chinese. I think I'm sure there's been some like Chinese American wrestlers in WWE. Tian Bing goes down as the first ever Chinese wrestler in WWE, but he's quickly followed by these nine others. Right. And uh, it's and nice we're all to just see them. a little too late. Just a little too late. Yeah. It's nice to see them all getting uh, some work, though. Getting some ring time. Yeah. Getting some exposure. Not holding a uh, magnetic wand. Right. Waving it around my head and shoulders. Absolutely. Uh, well, Big Boa, he almost gets a match. He almost, almost gets a match with Oni Lorcan. Oni Lorcan's music hits, and for a second there, had I not seen a male. Uh, uh, a combatant in the ring already, I would have thought Ruby Riot was coming to the ring because the, both their music sounds so similar in the they beginning. They really do. Um, but yeah, Oni Lorcan tries to come out, but he is uh, stopped along the way by one Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan definitely shows up Oni Lorcan by storming past him. Yeah, being a, Lor- a, which is kind of a it's kind of a metaphor. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, sorry, this larger, also bald guy, uh, no frills, uh, br- bruiser dude, uh, is pushing right past you, Oni, because he's getting the thumbs up, and you're getting oh, the man. you're getting the stay put. But uh, the I, stay put marshmallow man. Yes, you know I like Oni. You know I got love for Oni. Um, nice Ghostbuster reference. One Surprise of my <laughs> making it. One of my very favorite wrestlers, Oni Lorcan. Absolutely. Again, 205 Life. Put him on 205 Oni Rules. Hashtag Oni Rules. So Lars Sullivan kind of pushes past Oni Lorcan, gets in the ring, and devastates Big Boa with that super move he does. I forget what it even is. It's it's kind of like... Uh, hmm, trying to compare it to something. It's... Uh, I don't want to say... It's not really... It's not a choke slam. It's almost like a... It's almost like a, it's kind of rock bottomy minus the setup because it, it a is bit, it a is bit. arm across the body. You're getting picked up in the air and just getting kind of like, but it's like a it has kind of a swing to it because he, he kind of like he kind of like rotates a little bit with it for more momentum. Um, so I, I'm sure there's an exact wrestling move for it, but I can't think of it right now. Bear with me here, uh, podcast man. Um, but anyway, so he he nails a uh, big bow with it not once but twice, uh, and then leaves the ring. And that, that's no contest. That the, second one was heavy duty. The match was over before it even started, which is kind of sad if you're an Orny Lorcan fan. Yeah. You don't get to watch. Which him I wrestle. am. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, I guess it's kind of sad for a Darren. It if, is. If it you, was. If you're a Darren, we were there. We were there, and like you said earlier, that this is very similar to what happened with Lars Sullivan at a. At the last NXT Jacksonville house show, yes. we saw, which we did not do, we were there for, even though we were there. Um, Lars we Sullivan were there. Uh, came out and he did it to, it may have been Demetrius, I want to say. <laughs> he hit uh, someone with a move. It was. He hit him with it again. The audience is super into it. They're bloodthirsty. They said, one more time, one more time. Lars leaves the ring, comes back and hits him again with it. And uh, what's great about this night is Lars Sullivan leaves, and the, the like officials come, and you know EMTs come, and they help out uh, whoever's in the ring. I don't want to say it was Demetrius. I'm pretty sure it was though. No, I, I was okay. Um, and uh, later on in the night, 
Buddy Murphy comes out. This is this is like a few matches later, and I turn to you and say, <laughs> Lars Sullivan is gonna <laughs> comes out and hits uh, Buddy Murphy, and he does. Yes, Lars Sullivan appears and, and nails Buddy Murphy with the move, and it's just like, yes, yes, I was kidding, but the world knew the world, the universe made it so, the WWE universe. Um, anyway, so Lars Sullivan's on a roll, man. They are building him up to be some kind of a monster. In fact, Lars Sullivan even calls out Baba Tunde and says, You're not the monster around here. I'm the monster. This is my yard, so to speak. Um, I'm kidding. He doesn't say that because I hate when people refer to, use those terms. Roman, it's my yard. Roman Reigns. It's my yard. It's my yard. Like it's Grand Torino or something. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, which I've never seen. Did I do it right? Did I do it right? Well, sort uh, of. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's a Disney movie, isn't it? I'm kidding. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> it was worth it for that face. Um, so anyway, Baba Tunde comes out, and wrestlers come out and stop Baba Tunde. They're like, no, man, you don't want this. You don't want this. It's like, why? It's a it's a wrestling show. You, you do want this. The fans want this. Uh, Baba Tunde actually gets up on the apron, and just when you think he's about to climb into the ring with Lars Sullivan, he gets down from the apron, and he leaves... So I like that they're teasing this eventual Lars Sullivan Baba Tunde clash. Um, that's happening all off of television. That's ha- exactly. It's happening at, for the benefit of the house show audience. The house show storylines are kind of fun to me. Um, but anyway, so that that whole thing happens. Eventually, Lars Sullivan leaves the ring. They clear the ring, and uh, the next match is a, it's a good one where we get to see Bianca Belair. Uh, take on Ember Moon. Very surprised to see Ember Moon at this show. She was one of the few people, uh, typically they have the, the the meet and greet, uh, which was actually having machinery and Ember Moon. It was kind of like, oh, cool, Ember Moon's here. Um, so yeah, Ember Moon came out and did a great match. I think Bianca is really, really great. I uh, know you were especially impressed but well, that's not to say that I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought she did a great job, especially with Ember Moon. And the cool thing about Ember Moon is she can take someone who's not great and make them look really good, like, you know, Aaliyah. Um, <laughs> you were thinking it. Uh, but I think I, was. I think Bianca's just that good anyway. She's super athletic. She's super fast. She's obviously picking up the business super quick. I mean, I, I think she's ready for prime time. Um, well, she certainly has a look. She does. She, her, her physique is phenomenal. It is. Ring gear is on point. On point. That and super long ponytail. Which yes. she apparently uses like as a whip. Which she did not. I was waiting for it to happen. Yeah, so was I. But I, I think she's part of the Mae Young Classic and definitely did it. Yeah. At least in her first I round I saw match. some social media about it. So. But uh, yeah, it's like a whip. Like Dory Funk's whip. Oh. Or like... Or like a scorpion tail. It's just an interesting... It's like a Mortal Kombat character. It really is because yeah. nothing like that has been allowed in wrestling. No. But, you can't yeah. say it's a foreign object. It's part of the person's body. That's true. Hey man, if Roman Reigns can wear a, a chest protector, <laughs> yeah, really. she can use her, her hair as a weapon. Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, the super solid match with Ember Moon and uh, uh, Bianca here. And uh, just really great. And again, it's great to see the women. Good to see they're having some of the May Young Classic girls show up. Um, I'd love to see uh, Jazzy Gaber, I believe her name is, Alpha. Oh, uh, female. yeah, man. Would love to see her get involved. I like cannot an, wait. If you haven't seen her, ladies and gentlemen, it's like basically a female Ivan Drago. Yeah, go Google um, her. Go Google her, man. That's that's a that's a tough looking chick. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to step on her shoe accidentally. 
uh, or intentionally. Um, <laughs> she'd, she'd give me a thrashing is what I'm trying to say. Uh, anyway, so going to see the women in action, of course. Ember Moon goes over. I do. I wonder what's going to happen at this NXT TakeOver, man. With Ember Moon taking Asuka on, I feel like this I is the match. I don't know. I feel like this is the match. This is going to be the final confrontation between Asuka and Ember Moon. I like Ember Moon a lot, but I do not like the idea of Asuka losing at this point, especially. I mean, she can because she's broken the records, blah, 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 blah. But I would just love for Asuka to go onto the main roster undefeated NXT champion. Well... Can't say I disagree, but I know that you are particularly passionate right. about that. And the very least, what you could happen is Ember Moon takes on Asuka. Someone cheats and hits Asuka from behind. That's how Asuka loses it. It's kind of like how RVD lost it to Rhino. Scotty Riggs came out, and that ended that very long run as TV champion. Scotty Anton. That's right. And it didn't, it didn't even really hurt RVD that much. No. Because he lost unfairly. And we all know what happened to Scotty Anton. Or we don't know what happened to Scotty Anton. However, um, so Ember Moon, I mean, if she, if she becomes the new top girl, then that's just the way it goes. But I, I, it's it's tough. It's a company where the belt needs to change hands. Belts need to change hands because they mean something. And Oscar's had the longest run with a women's title. And, you know, Authors of Pain have had the tag team championships for way too long. So I mean, it's it's like I think some belts seem to move around. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, though, Ember Moon goes over on the house show, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens at Takeover. We'll get to that when we get to that. But that takes us to the main event of the evening, where Patrick Clark, aka the Velveteen Dream, who's Patrick Clark, takes on Alistair Black. Yeah. So we get to hear that Alistair Black music. Um, <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> it's 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 some good stuff, um, and uh, really good match, really good match. I mean, well, it, it's always interesting. I thought they they put uh, Velveteen Dream into the uh, main event rather quickly, and I was kind of like, whoa, whoa, was he ready for that? But no, yeah. he carries his match with Aleister Black very well. Yeah, he does. Also, considering the fact that you know, it's Aleister Black isn't he? He's so much of like a kickboxer wrestler. Like he has a very unique style. But, I mean, Velveteen Dream is able to hang with it. And, come on, seeing Aleister Black do all the backflips into the sit-down, the cross-leg sit-down, that's really great. And it was a really great moment where Velveteen Dream, basically, Aleister Black chases Velveteen Dream onto the outside. And Aleister Black looks like he's about to, to do, like, some sort of suicide dive or something out of the ropes onto Velveteen Dream. Instead, bounces off that bottom rope, backflip into the cross-legged uh, <laughs> sit-down, uh, Velveteen Dream like climbs back in quickly to get like kind of like jump up on him, right? But I mean, they're just eye to eye, and really, really a great moment. And they thought that through, obviously, to have that happen. Uh, it was a cool spot, but uh, great. Velveteen Dream's a really good heel. Uh, he's good. What he does. I like that he's over. By the way, I like that everyone likes him. Yeah, because when someone is bizarre, or they're an artist, or you know, potentially, or you know, homosexual. Or just full blown homosexual, you know, people can be like, boo! But I mean, Double Team Dream's super over. And again, I, I thought, like, this gonna, we're going to have some trouble getting him over. One, because he's new. And two, because the gimmick is like, oh, he's fruity. You know what I mean? But, um, well, he's bizarre. He's bizarre. 
But no, it just he's in there. People like him, and there are kids who dress up like him, and that's great. I, I think it's cool that he's so over. Um, and Alistair Black's always great, and man, that kick he delivers to Velveteen Dream in the end for the win uh, is brutal. I would see. I wouldn't want to fight Alistair Black in a wrestling match. I feel like you'd get kicked for real. Well, you mean yeah, absolutely, yeah. like Velveteen Dream. Yeah, and you suspect that Alistair Black was actually hurt during the match. I. Yeah, I do, because he sat there way too long at the end. wasn't just about selling the cross-legged gimmick. It was that he was doing that. He was doing it for an inordinate amount of time. and Three hours. He, <laughs> while Why did we stay it, that long? While doing it, he would kind of look up to the sky like he was trying to stretch something. Yeah. And then, of course, after the match, I was lucky enough to get his attention mm-hmm. and get a photograph with him and to watch the look on his face as he approached. And then he stopped, like the awful face. Mm-hmm. Then he comes for the picture and he stops, tough guy, you know, whatever. And then goes back to limping away and going like, so it's like, okay. How much of that... He's working you, man. I know, right? Also, he like whispered maybe. to you, I hurt my leg for real. Yes. Um, so that may include you, man, as well. And uh, that's it. That's our report from uh, NXT Live in Ocala, Florida on this August 4th, 2017. Great show. Really great blend of talent. And it's again, it's cool seeing people who were, again, working the door uh, you know, months and months ago. Now they're on the, they're on the card. And eventually they'll work their way onto the show. Street Profits recently making their debut Woo-hoo! on NXT television. We talked about them so much. Uh, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. Um, and we thought they were ready a long time ago. And finally the, uh, the, the brass, the office thinks so. And they're going to do cool things. I think they're going to be super over and do great things on uh, television. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just nice seeing people work really, really hard. Work really fucking hard and finally get something, you know, and. It sucks that the NXT machine is what it is. The Performance Center machine is what it is. But, you know, uh, it's worked out for a lot of people. It, a lot of people have been kind of turned off by it and they've left it. Ho-Ho Loons of the world. The Chris Aitkins of the world. Uh, and probably numerous others we have not even aware of. Um, but anyway, uh, it, it does work for a lot of people. And, again, it's good to see the hard work. And we, we notice the hard work, recognize the hard work. So hats off to all you NXT workers. Absolutely. NXT is one of my very favorite brands in all of professional wrestling. It has been now for several years running. I suspect it will continue to be one of my favorites. And I I, I fully support NXT. Want to go see them whenever they're near. And whenever they're far. I just don't. (laughs) I want to. Right. And I wish I could make all these... All these cross-country dates for NXT. We just wouldn't get anything done, folks. That's true. It's true. Uh, It is very true. Another thing that's very true is you can talk to us, man. You have an opinion. You can voice it to us. How would you do that? Well, there are many ways to do it. Uh, For one, you can find us on Twitter at Ruffin Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook. Like and share. All that good stuff. Send us an email if you want to. The whole reference show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram. The whole reference show. 
T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W. The whole Refn Show on Instagram. Check out our four squares as we give you the headlines before the headlines. Reminding all you dear listeners to listen in to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. And some other fun. That's right. As always. That's absolutely correct. The wrestling podcast. That calls it right down the middle. That's us, Darren. That's me, Perry Smith. And me, Darren Beasley. And you be you, folks. You be you, wonderful, wonderful, happy, groovy people. And you be 40. Oh, God. You be 40. No, no, no. No, you be 40 talk on the show. Um, Anyway, that's it, folks. Uh, We're going to see you next week. Enjoy your week. Take us with you. Listen to the episode. Listen to past episodes. Pretty excited. We have a fest show coming up. In a few weeks, we are officially on the road to SummerSlam as well. A lot more SummerSlam talk coming out of us. We've got some really cool interviews lined up for the show in the very near future. So stick with us. Stay tuned. Stay with us. we got some good stuff coming at you as always. And with that, we say we'll see you next week. Adios, muchachos. It has been said that anything can happen here in the World Wrestling Federation, but now more than ever, truer words have never been spoken. This is a conscious effort on our part to open the creative envelope, so to speak, in order to entertain you in a more contemporary manner. Even though we call ourselves sports entertainment because of the athleticism involved, the key word in that phrase is entertainment. The WWF extends far beyond the strict confines of sports presentation into the wide-open environment of broad-based entertainment. We borrow from such program niches like soap operas, like the days of our lives, or music videos such as those on MTV, daytime talk shows like Jerry Springer and others, cartoons like the King of the Hill on Fox, sitcoms like Seinfeld, and other widely accepted forms of television entertainment. We in the WWF think that you, the audience, are, quite frankly, tired of having your intelligence insulted. We also think that you're tired of the same old simplistic theory of good guys versus bad guys. Surely the era of the superhero who urged you to say your prayers and take your vitamins is definitely passe. Therefore, we've embarked upon a far more innovative and contemporary creative campaign that is far more invigorating and extemporaneous than ever before. However, due to the live nature of Raw and the war zone, we encourage some degree of parental discretion as it relates to the younger audience allowed to stay up late. Other WWF programs on USA, such as Saturday Morning Livewire and Sunday Morning Superstars, where there's a 40% increase in the younger audience, obviously, however, need no such discretion. We are responsible television producers who work hard to bring you this outrageous, wacky, wonderful world known as the WWF. Through some 50 years, the World Wrestling Federation has been an entertainment mainstay here in North America and all over the world. One of the reasons for that longevity is as the times have changed, so have we. I'm happy to say that this new vibrant creative direction has resulted in a huge increase in television viewership, for which we thank USA Network and TSN for allowing us to have the creative freedom, but most especially, we would like to thank you for watching. 
Raw in the war zone are definitely the cure for the common show.